Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast where we hear from mothers who are artists and creators, sharing their joys and issues around trying to be a mother and continue to make art. Regular topics include mum guilt, identity, the day-to-day juggle, mental health and how children manifest in their art. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. I have a passion for mental wellness and a background in early childhood education. You can find links to my guests and topics they discuss in the show notes, along with music played, a link to follow the podcast on Instagram and how to get in touch. All music used on the podcast is done so with permission. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Bowendick people as the traditional custodians of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on and pays respects to the relationship the traditional owners have with the land and water, as well as acknowledging past, present and emerging elders. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to welcome to the podcast Danny Venn. Danny Venn is a Melbourne-based cook, lover of all things food and mum to Harlow and Oscar. As a self-taught cook, Danny loves nothing more than spending time in the kitchen with her kids, preparing nourishing meals using fresh, wholesome ingredients. Danny is most widely known for her time on MasterChef Australia, as a finalist in 2011, the All-Stars in 2012, and on MasterChef Back to Win in 2020. Her cooking talents have taken her across the world, from live food events, to hosting foodie retreats in places like Bali and Sri Lanka, as well as cooking for events of all sizes, from intimate dinner parties to 400 people in Mumbai, India. After being awarded her immunity pin winning dish Taste of Sri Lanka on the first episode of MasterChef Back to Win, Danny also released a collaborative range of Sri Lankan-inspired simmer sauces with Coles Supermarkets and currently has two flavours on the shelf, inspired by her travels and one of her favourite places on earth. Danny recently has launched her first podcast, Falling For You, a podcast about getting comfortable in your own skin, where Danny interviews inspiring guests that have changed their lives. Danny is a regular guest, cooking live on air with her kids on Studio 10, and has been a cooking guest on Everyday Gourmet and Farm to Fork. Danny has also hosted her own TV show, Weekend Feast, on Channel 10, and hosted summer radio on Nova FM in Melbourne. Today we chat about Danny's adventures on MasterChef, the joys of feeding our children and how becoming a mother changed her approach to not only food but to how she approached her business. Music on today's episode is from Australian trio LMJO and is used with permission. I hope you enjoy. Hello. Hello, how's it going? (laughs) Thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks. It's so lovely to meet you and to have you here. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be interviewed on a podcast and and, and be in the well, you're in the driver's seat, be in the passenger seat. <laughs> it's so yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, I did. I actually interviewed a lady yesterday who who ran her own podcast as well, and um, she said the same thing. It's like she can just oh. switch off and just enjoy and it's not have so to think good. about the next thing. So, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Um, so most people would know you from MasterChef, but before we sort of talk about anything like that, can you share with us, where did your love from cooking come from initially? Well, I always have loved eating and I feel like to be a good cook, you have to be a good eater. 
And I was never the kid that went to a restaurant and ordered nuggets and chips or the same thing. I'd always be interested in ordering something a little more exotic, something Mm. that I perhaps hadn't tried before, much to the dismay of my parents, I guess, because they had to pay more um, for a meal. (laughs) (laughs) But they were always really supportive of that. And I think my mum loved cooking, Mm -hmm. still does. And when I was a kid, she went off to cooking classes with I don't know if you remember Elizabeth Chong, but she was oh, yeah. one of yeah one of the first sort of celebrity chefs. So she went to her house and learned how to cook Chinese food. She'd come back with all of these exotic recipes, and we would you know we would cook them. Mum's pantry was full of exotic ingredients. I mean, exotic for the nineties, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like you know black vinegar or something like that, which is kind of standard these days. But um, and so I grew up with mum really being a little bit more adventurous than your average uh, suburban cook, and so I just loved, I loved eating. I think I think I, you just get so much joy from tasting new flavors and trying new techniques and I think what I love about food is that there is net I think what I love about food is that you there is you can never know everything Mm. there's always room to learn um, especially when it comes to different uh, countries cuisines and I'm always learning about food and cooking so yeah yeah so where did your mum's sort of adventurousness come from was she sort of just a that kind of woman that she was just really keen to learn or was there any sort of like cultural background that sort of drove her? Yeah um my mum's dad actually is I always get this wrong I should know this <laughs> um half half Chinese uh-huh. yeah um so her his family actually came from China back when Chinese people came to Australia during the gold rush period so it was sort of the mid 1800s and I think that my mum's love of food came from that wanting that connection to her cultural heritage even though it went back quite a few generations Mm -hmm. and my great-great-grandfather would have assimilated quite quickly to Australian culture he married into an an Irish woman but food was always a constant in their family um, as well. They had a stall at the Queen Victoria Market. They had a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. And even though my mum's dad passed away when she was really, really young and never really knew him, I think it was her way to connect to her father and that Chinese background. Plus, it's just a little bit more exciting than meat and three veg <laughs> oh <laughs> you, you sound your your story of going out for dinner with your family sounds the exact opposite to mine because I was so afraid of eating different foods I'm sure I sent my mum crazy because all I wanted was at that time I ate meat so I had sausages and chips literally that's all I'd have and I remember one time going to this restaurant and they didn't have sausages on the menu and I started crying because I didn't know what else I was gonna eat and eventually they dug around in the freezer and they found me something it's like I was so it was and now I'm completely different thank goodness but Oh my gosh, it was just. And that's often the way kids don't want to eat veggies or they don't want to eat anything exciting when they're little. But then when they get up, get older and they start cooking for themselves, their palate changes completely. And I know a friend of mine who was on MasterChef was exactly the same. She yeah. didn't eat any any veg, 
didn't eat anything. And I feel like as a parent, you freak out because you're like, oh, I'm not doing a good job. But now she's she's a kitchen garden teacher for Stephanie Alexander. She's um, obviously been on MasterChef. She loves food and cooking. So, you know, there is hope for us parents if your kids do <laughs> eat very much when they're younger. Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that can relate to that that are listening to this. Because it is, it's such a stressful thing and you think, oh, my God, what am I doing to them? Before you went on MasterChef, was cooking like a part of your job or your career or was it just um, something, I don't want to say just because it's not just, but something you did as a hobby, just a passion sort of thing? Yeah, it's really weird that I never even had an interest in, say, doing, I think it was called, um, what was it called at at school? Oh, like Um, home ec or something. Home ec, home ec. I never had an interest of doing home ec or anything like that when I was at high school and I didn't think of hospitality as a career um, or cooking even when I was at uni because I studied media communication mm-hmm. and even though I worked in restaurants, um, it wasn't until I actually had my first job out of uni and I was working at Circus Oz actually, which is um, a modern Australian performance circus and I started just getting really obsessed with um, cooking Vietnamese food because I had lived in Vietnam when I had first left school. And I just got really obsessed with trying new recipes and really following recipes to a tea, which is not something I do anymore. Mm-hmm. But I was just interested in like m- not mastering cuisine because you can never do that, but just really just um, get nailing those flavour combinations and, mm-hmm. and understanding how Vietnamese people cook. So that was kind of the first thing that I was like, and I just, it just became more alarming, I think, because I spent so much time um, on like taste.com and <laughs> I was reading recipes and I was supposed to be working on yeah. doing <laughs> And I think it was when, um, you know, when you're younger and you have like a dream job and my dream job was to work at the Malthouse Theatre which I have sort of a drama background at school and things like that. And I love performance. And that was kind of like the ultimate place that I could work at. And I got a job at the Malthouse Theatre and I was in the publicity team, (laughs) which I don't know. At, At the time I was really excited. But then when I actually got into the role, I was like, this is not what I expected. It wasn't very challenging for me. And I also was just like, I loved the theatre and I loved the team, but it just didn't feel right. And that's when I sort of saw the um, applications for MasterChef and I thought this could be something. And at the time I was considering even doing a chef apprenticeship, um, but I wasn't, it was kind of like two forks in the road. Do I do a Mm. chef apprenticeship or do I stay here in this job that I thought was going to be amazing, but doesn't really feel right. Or do I, you know, take the plunge and apply for MasterChef? Mm. And I I don't want to say the rest is history because there's a lot of other things that (laughs) happened in there, but that was the start of it. (laughs) Yeah, I was. And I did actually get offered some apprenticeships, um, some chef apprenticeships at really great restaurants that I still love today. Um, and it was funny because I remember thinking, do I want to do this? I remember being offered $10 an hour and I'd been working a few years, so I wasn't used to getting paid $10 an hour. And then I was like, 
I love talking too much. And in a kitchen, you have to really be kind of quiet. It's very regimented and you have to put your head down and work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people liken it to sort of an army in some kitchens because it is like everyone has a specific role. And I'm not sure if it suited my personality um, as well. Uh, I love the creativity around cooking. And when you're a part of a team in a kitchen, often you're assigned uh, just one part of a dish rather than creating a whole dish, for mm. instance. So yeah. MasterChef seemed to me more of an exciting adventure, which is kind of how I make most of my decisions in life. <laughs> well, seems more awesome. fun. Yeah. <laughs> that you were following recipes like to the T at that point when you go on like a show like that do you have to like learn and remember so much stuff because you're thrown in the deep end and then does that challenge you when you when they open up that mystery box and you're like oh what are like it's is is that really a confronting thing like challenges the way that you like to work oh yes I mean I being on MasterChef is honestly the most scary thing ever. And I think the first time I went on, which was 2011, I was a really recipe based cook and I crammed as much information as I could remembering recipes and ratios. And then now I am very much more of a go by feel based cook, which doesn't necessarily work with <laughs> when you're on MasterChef either. <laughs> Because you have to know how to, um, especially with desserts, you have to remember how to make things properly. And 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 I'm not really a precise cook. I can never make a really great pastry chef. <laughs> but um, when you open up that mystery box, oh, do you know what? It's it's not so much the mystery box of ingredients because I do that every night when I open the fridge and cook my kids' dinner. Yeah, it's more the fact that you're on Master Chef. <laughs> <laughs> And especially when I was on Back to Win and you take a look around the room Mm. and you're like, you're against some of the best cooks in the country and people that have, you know, written recipe books, they've hosted television shows, they have incredible restaurants, they're they're the best at what they do and then you're Mm. standing there for me personally and I was like, I think the whole impact of that and the lights and the cameras and it's a it's a really stressful situation mm, so yeah. you think oh yeah I'm gonna make dumplings and then you go oh I'm standing next to Poe which you know <laughs> she'll probably be much better at me than that oh I'll make a cake oh Reynolds standing there you know so it's mm. very I think that that was so extreme that situation um but I like to cook like that I love getting a box of veggies or for instance and going okay cool well I can make something with zucchini I can make something with that and following my intuition I think is more important for me than following a recipe but I did start with following a recipe yeah it's like you're getting that grounding that's sort of mm. the basics like you said the ratios and understanding the the flavor combinations and then you can go right eh? and then you let that creativity come out <laughs> yeah that's right I feel like once you've got the um nuts and bolts of how cooking as a science works you can Mm. you can then play around with with obviously flavor combinations and all sorts of things but you know I'm a mum at the end of the day and 
a lot of my cooking is so boring. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you know, I've, I've got my kids. um, So my husband and I separate, my ex-husband and I separated a few years ago. So I've got nights where I cook for the kids and I've got nights where I cook for myself, or sometimes I cook for um, my boyfriend or friends. And it's so amazing the difference when you cook like, and I like the kids complain about every single thing I cook. Oh, yuck. (laughs) even like what's for dinner? Uh, I could, I don't even know. Chicken stir fry. Oh, yuck. Like just, that's just the instant reaction. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Just try it first. And then, oh. you know, they're actually good eaters, but that it, yeah. it's like the instant reaction is eh, yuck. So it's so nice when I actually do get a little bit of time to be a bit more creative and cook for someone that actually appreciates <laughs> my cooking. Yeah. Um, you rather, than going. Having, yeah, yeah. <laughs> rather than just cooking with beef mix. <laughs> But you know what? I think what you just said that is so reassuring for, I don't, I don't want to call anyone an ordinary mum because we're all amazing, but you've been on MasterChef and your children still have that mentality. It's like you can't oh. change children. That's just how they are. It's like, no, that's a hundred percent. Unless it's like, what's something that they'll always say yes. Or like spaghetti carbonara always say yes, but I try not to make that all the time. It's not the most nutritious meal. <laughs> um, pork crackling. Absolutely love oh. that. <laughs> like, but you know, um, the, it's yeah. Nine times out of 10, I'm still getting, I'm still getting shut down, but with yeah. all my meals. Oh, dear. oh, that's gold, isn't it? So you've got you've got two children, Harlow and Oscar. They seem like very fun children. Like you you incorporate them on your social media and and things like that. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit more about about your kids. Oh, they are very fun and so funny. I think especially Oscar. He's at that very cute age. He's just turned four, so everything that comes out of his mouth is kind of funny and very <laughs> cute. He's still hasn't really mastered the whole language thing, which is fine. He's only just turned four. And then Harlow, she's seven and just shooting up before my very eyes. I honestly think she'll be taller than me in a few years. She's super um, just just so wonderful in that she, it's so nice to see her go back to school and, <laughs> and really flourish this year. Um, I'm in Melbourne, so we've had basically her first two years of school be taken away from her. So it's really nice that to see her get into that flow of school and making new friends and all of that. So, but both of them are very um, outgoing. I would say they're both uh, extroverted personalities, like their mother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And just interested in the world, which is lovely. Harlow's especially, uh, she's got a very kind, caring, environmental, conscious conscience. I'm very bad at pronouncing words. And Oscar's just ridiculously energetic, wants to give everything a go and um, very loud, very loud kid. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, they're great and life with them has been, yeah, so different. Um, And we've had so many changes over the last few years and it's sometimes you get worried because it's like, oh, my gosh, so much has been thrown at our young kids, not only with the pandemic but with like our personal situation as well and 
but they they come out you know stronger and they also are so resilient and um they're such good kids so I'm very lucky yeah that's awesome I, I work in childcare. that's my day job and I think I think parents like adults are constantly being surprised by children how resi- resilient that they are and how adaptable they are and I don't know I think sometimes we don't give them enough credit because they're actually good at better at coping at some things than what we are so I think so I think we're stuck in our ways and they're yeah. very much more flexible oh, yeah. um yeah. yeah that's it isn't it they can go with the flow and not have this whole big head full of stuff they're just concentrating on what's happening right in front of them well that's right that's right Oscar especially because he's that bit younger he's just he lives in the moment for right now so he doesn't understand when I say oh in you know a few days time we're going to do this he's like no I want to do it now I want to do it right now because (laughs) like why wouldn't you want to do it right now (laughs) oh that's so cool little dear Since you left MasterChef, give us a bit of a rundown of all the exciting things that you've been able to do and create and oh, make. Wow. And- yeah, <laughs> such a big question. Um, <laughs> it's been, I think it's just yeah, 10, almost 11 years or something, something like that. So long. Um, I feel like when I finished MasterChef and my whole attitude when I was first on MasterChef was like a constant surprise, like surprise that I got through the next challenge, surprise that I'm, um, you know, made it to the last week on the show. Surprise once I finished that people wanted to work with me. And like, it was just like, oh my gosh, I could actually make a career out of this, you know? And it's not, you know, I was in my mid twenties at the time and I was like, oh, you know, I could get do something out of this situation. It's always um, a bit of a surprise, but it doesn't come without pushing yourself and hard work, I guess, with, um, you know, creating relationships with people as well. Um, so my life has changed so much since, you know, being on the show the first time um, when it comes to those really big, exciting things. Um, I've done um, tele- lots of television presenting. So that's been really fun. Um, got a new project in the pipeline as well for later on this year. Again, just like, pinch me that these things are still happening um I've done breakfast radio which has been which was really fun that was that was quite a while ago now but that was definitely something that I loved and I would still love to do radio um I I've done lots of traveling like overseas working with people like in India for instance they wanted me to come over and do a um, massive event over there so that was amazing lots of traveling um, myself, um, I do uh, retreats. Uh, so I've done retreats in Bali and Sri Lanka. Um, now, now with COVID, I've, I'm doing them more in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I, oh gosh, events just throughout the country, cooking, like live cooking events, all of these amazing fun things. Um, and since being on the show the second time around, which was in 2020, uh, collaborated with Coles and producing the Danny Van Simmer sauce range, which has been really great. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I've done lots of 
I guess during the pandemic, it's changed from a lot of live events and lots of traveling to more online. So that's probably why, like, I guess, like Instagram has become so important for work. Mm -hmm. Um, Marketing teams are now doing a lot more online um, content. So that's really fun because I do have a media communications, you know, branding background. So to be able to use those skills for my own personal brand has been really great. And then I've done boring stuff as well, like (laughs) boring stuff that, actually when I look back on was amazing I loved um which was like just cooking in kitchens um launching I've helped launch um people's restaurants I've worked in um like an organic whole food food delivery service just in the kitchen cooking that was one of the first jobs I did when I um after I had Harlow because I just needed to get out of the house and it was only I only worked there for like three or four months but I still put it down to as one of the best jobs I've had I loved it um you know so many different things um and things keep coming and I think that's a result of me knocking on people's doors making connections Mm -hmm. and building relationships over a period of 10 years yeah that's the thing it's not like an instant here you go have all this stuff in the world that you've ever dreamed of it's like you actually have to do the work (laughs) yeah and I still every year I'm like I think I, I, I do enjoy you know, plotting my year and writing down goals and all of those things. And yeah, sometimes I write the same thing every year because I still haven't done it, but that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a work in progress. Um, and you just never take anything for granted. And I also never, um, I think after working for myself for so long, I never, if, if something comes along an opportunity, I never get too excited about it because... <laughs> Not like, again, a lot of things come to you, but not a lot of things get pulled off. So over Mm -hmm. the years, there's been so many exciting things that I'm like, oh yeah, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. But, you know, everything has to align for certain projects to actually happen. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when you're going through and working out your goals, like over the period of time, how did you, how was your thinking changing when you became a mum? Yeah, I think having Harlow changed my life so much. Um, And the way I think about work and everything, I think not only did it influence my food, um, but it also influenced my business. So I guess before having Harlow, I cooked like any normal cook does um with traditional ingredients and then when I had Harlow it sort of I had an opportunity to feed a human from scratch and I think lots of new parents are like all right well what do we feed this child (laughs) so it really sparked my interest in more whole foods and whole foods being just less processed foods Mm -hmm. um so I went down for many many years I became really um so intrigued with just creating more alternative recipes um it was kind of when you know raw food was even like a thing and then gluten-free and all of these um allergies that people had uh developed over either a lifetime or born with I was really interested in creating recipes that um helped people Mm. and help people feel better and I still very much am 
And to me, to me, I felt like it was a whole new set of ingredients where my creativity flourished Mm -hmm. because it was just a different way of approaching things. So how can you make something taste? How can you make a cake taste good when it's dairy and gluten-free and still have a great texture? So I was really, I just became really, um, fascinated with those ingredients and then I would obviously use Carla was a guinea pig as well um which which actually didn't turn out great at one point because she had ended up having a cashew nut allergy oh. and a lot of my food that I was making was cashew based because yep. that's what happens when you make a lot of raw desserts mm-hmm. um oh, so she changed the way that I cooked and now I feel like I'm a lot more relaxed, especially after the pandemic. I still use like traditional ingredients, but I, I mix it up. Like I'm, I think some of the stuff that my four-year-old eats, I would never have given up. But I think everyone's just relaxed a little yeah. bit more over the last few years. Yeah. But also, I guess with business, I think, um, I think it was, I think, I think I changed because I realized I had a human that I needed to be, uh, I had to be responsible for. And when Harlow was younger, um, there was a a certain point where my ex-husband and I like temporarily broke up. And I remember thinking, shit, I've got like a five month old. I think it was around that time. And I need to be financially responsible enough for myself to be able to fend for myself and also her. So it really motivated me to start a um, I actually started a consulting business um, when she was about one. Yep. And um, I, I had this drive inside of me that I feel like I just didn't want to be one of those parents, which, I mean, it's hard because everyone's situation is different, but I just didn't want to be in a situation where I had to be in a relationship because financially I couldn't afford not to be. And I kind of, yeah, I feel like that was a really big thought, whether it was real or imagined or whatever, but it was just, there Mm. so um we got back together soon after and everything was fine for quite a few years but I still was like I had that thing I was like I've got a I've got I'm a mum I need to be able to be be responsible and financially independent as well so Mm. that changed yeah for sure because yeah that's the thing isn't it like you say it's not just you anymore you've got this other little person and Maybe if it was just you, you'd go, oh, I'll make it work. I'll, you know, I'll do this and that. But it's like, yeah. oh, no, I've got this other person. I've really got to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I started taking business a lot more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started being like, I've, you know, got to get my shit together. I can, I can, as a freelancer for so many years, just going from one job to the next. And, you know, I, I think like it changed. I was like, no, I want to make a proper company. I want to have proper clients. I want to set myself up like a proper business. Yeah. Um, and so I learned a lot more in, in that. And I also did a lot more self-development stuff as well, which I think happens um, when you get a little bit older. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually finding that a lot of people I talk to, I'm glad it's not just me, but it's like you this point in your life and you see things differently. You, I don't know. It's, a, it's an incredible yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah. um, my bookshelves are lined with all sorts of self-help books, but I love them. I love my one that I read last night was about, um, I did not do the thing today about productivity and it's oh, just yes. like, yep. yeah. Yeah, I just find all of these books um, interesting, even if they potentially don't even relate to me. I just, I love hearing other people's perspectives on um, life and business and psychology and human behaviour and all of that. Yeah, me too. It's really fascinating, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, it's cool. 
You're listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. You mentioned uh, your Instagram, which I'm really glad you did because your Instagram, if anyone listening has not looked at Danny's Instagram, please go look at it because it's so vibrant and so fun and just so uplifting. Um, And that's interesting you say you've sort of had that background in drama because you're a very good actress. (laughs) Thank you. You have a lot Um, of fun on your Instagram. (laughs) I do enjoy making those little videos. It's quite funny. Um, And, yeah, drama is one of those things that as, like, at high school, I fl- like loved. That was like my life. I wanted to do that as a living. Yeah. And when I sort of got out of school, I was like, maybe I'm not. I don't know. You doubt yourself. Mm. But um, but I love that thespian in me. <laughs> <laughs> so you really have all these different elements for your passions that you're actually able to sort of combine in what you're doing now. You've got your cooking. You've got your your acting and you, you've got like your your um, background in promotions and publicists that you can do with your your social media. So it's really like I bet you didn't have that on your on your goals list. <laughs> it sort of ha- happened that way. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what yeah how I guess your life experiences then go on to form you and your life and what you do in work. And I'm very lucky that I have been able to yeah follow my passions and. And I think make money from it as well, which is really important. Um, And even now I'm like, all right, well, what's my next thing? And I did, I started a podcast last year, which was really, again, something I was scared of, um, but something I love. I love talking on, um, on the microphone and I love audio as a medium, but it kind of scared me a little bit as well to do that. So I, I, and interviewing someone, which I think you're doing a great job, by the way, oh, um, but I think interviewing people is kind of scary as well. So, mm. you know, I, I'm always trying to think, all right, what is it that I want to do and how can I, how can I use my skills to, to, to create an, a new project? So yeah, it's always fun. I'm always, I have an overactive brain. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't like, I do I go from one thing to the next, to the next and, you know, um, <laughs> Those ADHD videos on TikTok are really making me consider going to a psychologist. Um, that's just me. Oh, dear. Oh. Well, thank goodness that you are doing what you're doing because it's it's awesome. I think a lot of people are really um, enjoying and relating to what you're putting out there. So, yeah, keep it, keep oh. doing it. So day to day, how do you sort of manage the juggle, I guess, between trying to create what you want to do, maybe um, if you have like a business you're you're working with or whatever you're doing, how do you manage to do that with the children around as well? Yeah, good question. Um, I don't know if you're allowed to say this, but ever since separating and co-parenting, I feel like I've been able to do a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because I have a amicable, amicable relationship with my ex-partner and we sh- sh- split the time with the kids 50-50. So being able to have my own time, which I don't think I had in my previous relationship as much, like I really didn't. I felt like I was 
the primary carer of the kids. But ever since having my own time, I feel like I've been able to manage work and be able to do things like work on my own creative projects a lot more. Um, and it's funny because when I do have the kids, it's like it's everything's a, a massive juggle, you know, yeah. obviously with co-curricular stuff as well as parenting and still having to do bits and pieces of work. I find I don't work a normal nine to five job. I'll find myself, you know, work, people will think I'm just looking at Instagram or something, but I'm not, I'm usually working at nighttime at, you know, eight o'clock editing a video, for instance, on my phone or mm. um, I, I work in the in between hours when I perhaps don't have the kids or other things like that so yeah it's 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 I don't know how a lot of people who have their kids full-time as well as work full-time it's really really tough to find your own time but yeah I guess that's one of the um silver linings of separating not saying that you should go and do it I'm just saying that like for me and my work like it has been able I have been able to just have more time for myself and my projects which is which is great, but at the same time, yeah, you're dealing with a whole lot of other emotions. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that. But um, I guess people don't really talk about the positive sides of separating, but um, that's kind of why I was saying, oh, I'm not allowed to say this, but I guess when you do work for yourself, um, you take what you can in terms of when you've got time. Yeah, for sure. In whatever way that might present itself, you, you yeah. just take it. You're grateful for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So when um, you first had your children, when you first had Harlow, how did the way that you view yourself change, like this identity? Um, a lot of mums talk about having, yeah. you know, like they were themselves and now they only exist for their child and they feel like they lose themselves or that kind of stuff. Did, did you sort of have yeah. any experiences like that? I feel like most people go through an identity crisis when you become a mum because you sort of mourn the loss of your former self which was someone that for me it was someone that was yeah pretty independent could do what we wanted all of that stuff that everyone knows what it's like when you don't have kids and I think yeah there was definite especially that first year there's you just you don't know what you're doing it's kind of like when you start a podcast don't know really yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> and you just try and do what you think is right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and I had an amazing, I lived out in the country when I had Harlow and I lived about an, um, it was out towards the Yarra Valley in the Nillenbeek Hills and on a 20 acre bush block with no neighbours in sight and in a hut that honestly was like an old miner's cottage with a dirt floor. I'm not even kidding. Like oh. dirt floor, bottle and door. It was a beautiful home. I loved it, but it was very different to a normal suburban house, which is where I am now in Mornington <laughs> Peninsula. <laughs> it was, a, and it was bushy and there's snakes and there was like, my whole environment was so different to a normal um, 
I, I guess like just a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> but I found this amazing community out there through mother's group of other women that were kind of, we call ourselves like pining women because we were out on, yeah. out in, out on the farm. Like, <laughs> seriously, <sighs> you know, I had to light the fires just to keep warm, all of those things that now I just turn the heater on. Yeah. But <laughs> like, yeah, life was so different. And I, I, I was, I had already lived out there for a while. So I was used to not being around a lot of people yeah. um, and not being able to say, for instance, just go into the city and stuff like that um but yeah life was really different and I felt like I loved those years though like I look back now and I'm like they were really beautiful and really special I had an amazing group of um, women that I'm still friends with Mm -hmm. I love going out that way because it's really relaxing and quiet but yeah my identity I felt like completely changed but I feel like I've had multiple identity shifts since then um I think I, I reclaimed myself Again, um, I've never been the type of mum that only lives vicariously through her children and children's activities, although I feel like when Harlow was really young, I was more like that. Yeah. Now, obviously, life's so different. Like I have my kids 50% of the time, which is still hard to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like I've – I go and do adult things like and like my former self like I've got nights of the week where I'm able to go out for dinner if I want to or you know I've got a boyfriend which is really like different (laughs) (laughs) and so like it's really I'm still a mum though and I'm still in my children's life as much as I was before I'm probably a better mum for it because when I do have the kids like we always make the most of that time. And mm. I've, thankfully I still see the kids often when, you know, it's Chris's night or something like that as well. So we, we yeah. actually see each other quite a lot, but yeah, like identity is a funny one and mm. you lose it for a while, but I also think that you get it back. The other thing I like to really talk to mums about is the concept of mum guilt. Um, And I sometimes put that in the old air quotes. Um, Is that something that you've sort of experienced or you have thoughts about in relation to your creativity and your work? Yeah, I think there's definitely mum guilt in all, in in everyday life, (laughs) especially when the kids are little and, you know, you want to be there with your kids all the time. Like I remember dropping off Harlow to daycare when I was doing that job I was talking about earlier, going and chopping veggies and making these organic meals for people. Yeah. I felt so bad about doing that. Like I like when I got there, I, you know, I felt good. I was able to just go and do a job that I didn't really have to think about too much and it yeah. made me feel good. But God, I felt bad about just dropping her off at daycare and picking her up mm. late, early late. Um, and I feel like, yeah, it's like, do we carry this guilt? Like, why do we carry this guilt? I don't know if fathers are carrying as much guilt. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't like, yeah, I, it's, a, it's hard. Um, but I feel like I, 
do I have less guilt now? I would say so. I think I've, I've, I think I've tried to accept that, you know, things are as they are. I'm still my own person. My kids are their person. We're all just trying to do our best. Um, But yeah, there's still guilt around, I think during the pandemic as well, like we had to stop doing the things that we were doing. So you had no control over that. Um, Like for instance, like co-curricular activities and things like that. So maybe I lost a little bit of the guilt around doing so much with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like during the pandemic. Now I've, yeah, I, I, I guess I want them to experience lots of different things and find their things that they like to do, but yeah, probably not putting as much pressure on myself. Mm, yeah, for sure. So with your creativity and being out there and doing doing what you do, is it important for you that your children see, and I don't want to say not just a mum because we're never just a mum, but that you've actually got your own life, you're doing things, you're contributing to the world, you've got an important place? Yes. I always think that a lot actually because my kids see me, I bought my own house late last year, I do I try to do everything around the house, although don't look at my lawns at the moment. Um, (laughs) But they see me as someone that works for themselves, that, um, you know, does everything for themselves, um, takes them to the things they want to do. And I think they might not realise that now, but I feel like especially Harlow being female, um, when she gets older, is like, well, I can can do that as well. and I think, I think people often as well maybe stay in a relationship for the kids. Mm. And I think that's kind of, I find that to be problematic for some people, for some things. And because are they seeing a really happy version of their parents in some situations? Mm. Um, but my kids are seeing, yeah, definitely at times it's hard and it's stressful and you've got to do, you know, all the nighttime routines yourself and that can be hard but they're also seeing someone that is really happy and is trying to give them the best life and for themselves as well and also they see me as an independent person from them and Mm. I think that's so important yeah absolutely yeah I love that answer (laughs) I've got to put a big tick next to that one (laughs) (laughs) I like that that's good I know you said before you've got some projects in the pipeline. Is there anything, I don't want you to feel like you have to tell things that you're not, you know, you're not ready to, (laughs) 
have you got some some stuff coming up in the future that you can share with us about yeah well as I was saying before I get excited about things and then I try not to get excited because sometimes they don't happen (laughs) but there is a project hopefully I'm sure yes I'm gonna say yes it will go ahead but yeah hasn't (laughs) hasn't been completely signed off yet yeah um a a television program that we're working on um with my manager and the team that um, my um, manager works with so that will hopefully be later on the year on channel 10 which is great um my podcast which is falling for you um and it's an interview-based series interviewing it was just women but now it's everyone um about people's lives and becoming more comfortable in your own skin and that's really exciting. I love that. And I sat on another podcast with my friend last year, may or may not continue that. We're not sure yet, but I love podcasting. I think like once you've got a microphone and you're set up, like you can <laughs> kind of like, you can well draw stuff. So yeah. um, I, I probably would love to do more in audio and potentially like, uh, yeah, either podcasting or something like radio or something like that. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, another retreat that is also brewing for later on in the year um I usually take only one retreat a year and it's usually um it is always actually in an amazing location in a beautiful um accommodation and it's kind of like a great mix between adventure wellness amazing food and just like a really fun time it's not too hardcore Mm -hmm. health or anything like that we still do sunset cocktails you know that time (laughs) It's got to be a balance, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> got to be a balance. Um, and, yeah, I feel like this year I've approached it a little bit differently rather than putting too much pressure on myself with goals because we've all been in survival mode for so long. I'm sort of seeing what happens and unfolds around me rather than pushing stuff too much. Yeah. Um, but already this year is becoming, yeah, it's it's been a big year. I think the last month or so, a really big one. I think that's what happens once school goes back all of a sudden, it's <laughs> busy again. Yeah. And it's great. But yeah, there's always, there's always exciting projects on the horizon and yeah, we'll just see what happens, but um, yeah, you never know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, you you don't seem to, you're very sort of open to any sort of possibility. It's like, you don't shut yourself off from things. So they're that's really, right. yeah. That's a really yeah. great way to live your life. Yeah, yeah I think uh, yeah, it's funny reading that productivity book because it's like rather than trying to overschedule yourself, it's like trying to be more open and flexible. And I think that's what how I approach my days. It's like I don't know sometimes what's going to happen, which is what I like about my life. Yeah. <laughs> and on a day-to-day basis, though, I don't have it planned out to a T. I've got you know, I kind of like to see what happens and what comes up and what I end up doing. And yeah. I like that that approach. But yeah, it's certainly not everyone's approach. <laughs> There's probably a few people out there that are getting feeling really uncomfortable listening to that, going, oh, <laughs> hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Need my checklist and my diary. And yeah. Oh, nah, but it, what whatever works, works. Is that's the truth, isn't it? Everyone's different and we just do what works. So yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah.
was it important to you that you got back to doing things for yourself? Like you said, when Harlow was, I think she, was she four? No. How old was she when you, you started doing your chopping up? Sorry. Oh, no, she was, she was actually quite young. She would have been yeah. about 10 months or something. 10 months. Yeah, right. So was that, was that because you wanted, you needed, like you said before, you needed something for yourself. It was like, that was really important for you to get back out and be Danny again, I suppose. Yeah, I think, I definitely, I think I didn't want to do something that actually involved that much thinking, if that makes sense, because mm. you're so tired. And I think when you first have a new baby, it's just like I was anyway, I was exhausted and I didn't want to do too much. Like I just wanted to be told what to do, yeah. <laughs> which is quite, that's not usually what my jobs are. I, I'm obviously a lot more creative than that, but I, um, at this, for this job, I just wanted to get out of the house and I wanted to talk to adults again. Um, and go, be, just go somewhere and do something for the day that didn't really involve too much thinking like it wasn't overly stressful. It was yeah. it was very sort of a monotonous job where I went and we prepped a whole lot of food, but I was still having these really engaging conversations because the women that I worked with in the kitchen were all and still are some of my most pa- favourite people um, yeah. and we keep in contact. And it was just like it was not glamorous at all. We were in this <laughs> warehouse, like factory out in Springvale or something I don't know it was a bizarre place it was nowhere near my house (laughs) I had to leave my kid at daycare far too long that I wanted to the pay probably wasn't great all of these things (laughs) but it was more for me as well to Mm. know that um you know that you can still be your own person and you can still go and do something that makes you feel good about yourself that you're being productive and I was learning I learned quite a lot about whole foods then as well that was when I was really interested in that um and that so it kind of set me up for other things I then started a blog about whole foods after that because that's when we used to do blogs um and I started writing recipes for whole foods and then all of a sudden I started working with Melrose Health which I I I still work with today who um you know I've then working with Melrose Health Melrose Health I then went on to launch you know that brand in Japan and I cooked dinner in China and i like we did all these amazing things and that just started because yeah. I just went and worked at a factory in Springvale because I was interested in whole foods. Like, yeah. so I don't think yeah. any job or any, um, anything that you want to do for yourself is going to be bad and you just don't know what's going to happen from it. Um, mm. yeah. And you never, th- never think you're too good for something as well. Like I'm always like, you know, these jobs that, are, you know, not glamorous as such, yeah. like, yeah they're actually awesome and you meet amazing people and um I find I I think that was a really formative part of my life just being able to go yep it's okay Harlow can go to daycare I can do this job and if uh, you know your partner or someone turns around and goes well why would you do that for it's going to cost more to do daycare tell them to get fucked (laughs) (laughs) bravo Oh, and also, no. yeah, because I hate also that 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 thinking around daycare fees being only for women to pay. Like, what? No, no, no. <laughs> it's just awful. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, don't back yourself and do. If you feel like you really need to do something for yourself, 
go and do it and um, do what you can to get the support around you and if and try to let go of that guilt. Mm. Yeah, well said. That's a fantastic note to end on, Danny. Thank you so much. I've had such Aww. a ball talking to you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's so nice. To, it's actually nice to, yeah, as we were saying before this interview started, to not be in the driver's seat and just to yeah. overshare, which is what I'm really good at is <laughs> oversharing. Oh, no, that's awesome. But yeah, do jump over to Instagram if you do want to follow me because at Danny Ben, I do love to connect with people. I'm always DMing. We're always having like these little DM chats. And, <laughs> um, you know, I've got a great, I think, like great community of, of women mainly that, that follow me and I love creating content that makes people laugh and ha- helps people in some small mm. way. So, yeah. And, it, and it's very relatable too. Like it's, I don't know, it's like people might put people on pedestals and think that people are not real. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're a mum and you've got two kids and you've got to cook for every night. You know, it's like, it's the realities that we're all going through, <laughs> like opening that fridge and going, uh, what's the mystery box going to be tonight sort of thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Thanks for sharing what you share in such an honest way. It's yeah, really valuable. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, I do have this little thing on my coffee machine and I read it like every day and it's, I'm doing the best I can. And I feel like that's all we can do and we can just try. And some days we might not feel very good, but we're all just trying to get along and doing, doing what we can. We are all just humans at the end of the day. So don't beat yourself up too much. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you. Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.